after further reveal. Ladies, gentlemen, and aliens, this is it. After further review has made it to the big two five quarter century mark in terms of podcast episodes. You already know Ben Ryan Chase. We out here, we killing it. The vibes are real and we're ready to dive right in. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Feeling good. Can't believe we already hit 25 episodes and consistently every week. So I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for, for getting this far. I'm, I'm super pumped. I, this is awesome, boys. And the energy is real. I'm having a ton of fun doing this. I hope our listeners are all enjoying it. Any type of stuff out there you guys want to give a shout outs for, you know, criticism, things we should talk about more, throw it our way, give us all the heat. But yeah, we got a, we got a lineup today. And the first lineup we need to talk about is our all-time starting nine, kind of 12, of not top, but top players. And this is it. This is it, Ben. You want to roll through the list real quick? Yeah, so this is the final two. And um, congratulations to Chase, actually, rounding out our 12. Miguel Tejada and Bobby Bonds, two unlikely heroes getting in as a shortstop in the right field. We'll go for it. So right field, Bobby Bonds. Kirby Puckett in center, and then he gets to share the outfield with his son, Barry Bonds. Bobby and Barry. Before we started this, I definitely would not have thought we'd see Barry and Bobby Bonds in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I know. This has really come out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's that's the awesome thing about this. I Looking at this list, I would have never guessed that this is would be our final team. We got first base Miguel Cabrera, second base Nelly Fox, shortstop Miguel Tejada, and third base Mike Schmidt rounding out the infield pretty tremendous infield yeah i like it you got randy Don- johnson behind the dish pitching to mike piazza with shohei otani as a dh so this lineup is going to be pretty solid this lineup is incredibly diverse and i love every part of it and just to round it out out of the bullpen is the submarine legend chad bradford and the fastest throwing mlb pitcher of all time aroldis chapman and okay, just real quick, most deserving and most surprising players you see on this list. This and this is just, and I mean, most deserving. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just hard. But I, oh, let's just do most surprising. Who did you not expect to see on this list? Probably Nelly Fox. Okay. Okay. I think I got to go with my own Chad Bradford. I think if you asked me about a reliever before we started. I would not have thought I'd pick him and we didn't even know like what the criteria for a reliever would be. And because we made it what it was. Yeah. I'm surprised to see Chad Bradford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like both those Nelly Fox, Chad Bradford did not expect either of them to be on this list as well as Bobby Bonds. <laughs> Just cause like, I feel like a lot of like current day baseball players. I mean, you can assume a good player like Barry, their dad played, but not a lot of people know about him at this day and age. So those those three and i mean we had players range from the 50s i mean we we talked about players from the 1800s right but on this list <laughs> nelly fox played in the 50s and you have current day legend shohei otani and i just cannot wait to see our individual teams get completely obliterated probably by this team this is a great team and we couldn't have done it without our listeners too 
Yeah, thank you everyone who voted each and every week. And as the weeks progressed, we got more and more voters. But I'm just looking at this team too. And like Kirby Puckett, Barry Bonds, Mike Schmidt, Piazza, and Cabrera, like I don't know, two <laughs> through seven. That's gonna be that's gonna be insane. Otani, I didn't even mention Otani. Yeah, there's a lot of home run threat right there. Yeah. yeah. We have two Bonds, two Miguels, two Mikes, like it's just, just, it's, I don't know. I'm excited when we do this on the show. We'll, we'll have to get together soon and do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Chase, awesome picks. Miguel Tejada and Bobby Bonds, both deserving players on this list, even though they're not talked about as much as like some of the other guys at shortstop or right field. But I feel like we low key need to take a pit stop at the shortstop position. Um, yeah, and just yeah, shout out to my dad who's been listening. Um, and he mentioned something about Cal Ripken, you know, just kind of being a detriment to his team, trying to chase the record of most games consecutively played. And as he got later into his career, just kind of days he should have had off, you know, going through a prolonged slump at an older age, it just, you know it doesn't help the team. And I, it almost like became, he had more power than the manager to just kind of deny a time off or anything. So I think that was one of the things that he was saying, which I did look into and it seems like that might've been the case. I mean, there was some really bad Orioles teams he was playing for too. I don't know, give another guy like a shot at third, you know, I don't know what was going on in their system, but just an interesting perspective. Doesn't take away from him being an all-time player and hall of famer because he is but just something I didn't really consider at all. So we always appreciate feedback like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, records in sports are always weird. And this one's tough because so there's so many other factors. It's not like in football, you know, passes without a pick or like things while you're playing, this is just simply playing. And I know recently Chase, we had the Keith Yandel who became the all time leader in NHL games played straight. 989 he got randomly benched one game I know everyone remembers the Eli Manning as kind of a big one right and like at just some point it has to come to the end but not being a part of that era you don't really think about it but over a 17 year stretch being in the same division as the Yankees and the Red Sox it's pretty obvious that the Orioles are not going to be I mean there was no wild card for I think a good chunk if not all of that too but yeah, I mean, I just think it's still a cool record. And the main reason I picked them was because at least nowadays, it's one of those things that the Orioles fans are super hype about. And it's still ridiculous, even if he was in slumps, not getting injured and being able to show up every day. Yeah. But it's definitely a different perspective I didn't think about. And I was glad your dad said that. And with that, we want to circle to present day MLB. I mean, y'all already saw our all time nine. Bunch of crazy picks in there. You know, Michael Ripken, Chase, Ben, me. We all had some wild picks throughout the way. How McGreer, you know, Coco, Chris, Chase with Mark Burely, just all kinds of picks. But we should go current day baseball. I know we touched on the trade deadline last week, but we still got another week, right? Is it July 31st, August August 1st? Yeah. Yep. yeah. July, the, 31st. July 31st is the deadline. Shohei still had not been dealt. Angels have been winning some games. I don't know. Keep him and make the run. I think they would be honestly stupid to keep him. Is my personal opinion. I think they got They should get something for him. They they're gonna get some decent stuff if they trade him, and they're not gonna resign him. I genuinely don't think they are. So it feels foolish to keep him 
for their long-term plans. I know short-term is tough, but... What if the only way you make the playoffs is if you keep Shohei Tani? Like, maybe make the playoffs. Do you keep him for this one-time potential run? That's the only argument into keeping him. I know they're not going to keep him after this year, and it makes so much more sense analytically to just get a bunch of pieces for him instead of him just walking. But if you're the Angels, is your one chance to maybe get in the playoffs... I mean, the crowd's going to be bopping. You get a series no matter what. They're two games under five, over 500. I'm sorry. They're four games out of the wild card spot. It's not unreachable. I mean, maybe try to pick up one or two smaller bullpen pieces. That's my only argument into keeping them. I know it doesn't make sense besides that, but the Angels have always been garbage. And if this is their one time to maybe make the playoffs and have like a legendary season, I mean, you sneak in. With him and maybe a healthy trout at that point, I don't know. You don't know. It's my only argument. Yeah, I kind of hope they keep Otani now just so they get nothing in return for him when he leaves. I was in the <laughs> trade him last week camp, but now I just realized the way to more hurt the Angels is to keep him and get absolutely nothing. And it's sad. The Angels are kind of taking on a Browns-type team for me. Like, I'm just going to do everything that's going to – be a total detriment to their team now until they fix it. Yeah, they they got some figuring out to do for sure. I I hope at this point, I hope the Mets trade Scherzer and like Mark Hanna and Vogelbach and maybe even Tommy Pham. I I hope they start take, getting some prospects in return. Yeah, if they could swindle a few teams for these guys, they could really reload and be decent yeah. next year. Between the guys who you have, I mean, you've, guys. Picked up, you've picked up Carrasco. You know how he's done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cookie. Yeah, not great. Is it is so with you suggesting these trades, are you saying it's time to hit the 2015 reset button? I feel like ever since that run, they've been trying to run it back. And we're in year eight after. I mean, stuff last year, though, they had 101 wins. Like, that's not a team you would just blow up when you have 101 wins. Like, that's that's only, I think, the fourth or fifth time they've ever even got over 100 wins in a season. So you're wanting what Chase said, trade some pieces and try to reload just for next year. I think you need to give it one more shot coming off. You know, even the season before, they weren't bad, too. So I think you got to try to reload to some extent. What but, do you yeah. think they can get for Scherzer, though? Can I ask you a hypothetical question? Sure. For Scherzer and Verlander, what if two teams came up to you and just said, I'll give you our number two to four prospect ranked one for one straight up. Would you do that? One for both Package, of them? Just one one top like four prospect each. Like, yeah, you just get two people in return. You're trading two people and you get two people, but they're top fours. I mean, it depends on a lot of factors, like how if they're uh like close to an MLB ready guy, like Ben, like, it's hypothetical. I, know, I don't, I don't have any like prospects no, in mind, but like I was trigger, just saying, because sometimes I feel like when you get the package, you get sent a lot of junk, like a lot of possibles, but it's mostly junk. Like because there's always been that rumor that a long time ago the Yankees offered Aaron Judge for Cole Hamill straight up one for one, Damn. and there was no package. That's crazy. And I'm both okay teams kind of walked away. I mean, I don't know, but it was just so out of the box. I was like, I mean, it could have been. It could have also never happened, too. I also, That's true. I don't, like, 100% believe it, but there's been so many weird trades that have gone down 
that I could have seen the Yankees being like, okay, this is out of the box. We need a, a top flight starter. Let's offer a prospect for them straight up. See, it would be tough for me to do for like a number like two prospect or something. But as you get down there. I mean, but if it was like positionally, like, um, you know, their top prospect is like a catcher or something. Yeah. Yeah. And their seconds a starting pitcher. So it's like, okay, it's one and one a maybe in this scenario. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think like a, yeah, like a pitcher or something would be good for them because they're, they have not developed since they like developed their really good pitchers. They haven't developed since like, yeah, they had that in 2015, like you said, that run and all those homegrown guys, I mean, Syndicard, they, they came in trades, but they were still developed in the Mets system for a period. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Syndicard, Wheeler, DeGrom, Harvey. Was that actually, was the Zach Wheeler deal one for one? Yep. Zach deal was Wheeler. They traded Beltron for Wheeler straight up. Oh, but Wheeler okay. was a pro, Stella Pros. Yeah, he was, so that's kind of like what I was like, yeah, kind of along the lines. I just kind of yeah. forgot that happened. And that trade actually worked out really well for the Mets because not that Beltran wasn't great and still had a decent, okay year, but he was getting up there. So for them to get someone like Wheeler, he was a good flip. Yeah. So if they could, if they, so I guess if I was saying if they could pull off a few of those deals, I don't think they're in awful shape. Yeah, no, I agree. It'll be we'll have some pretty crazy trades to kind of touch on next week for sure. Um, after some of all these go down, because I'm sure there's gonna be some that are didn't expect to happen and and all that yeah. too. So it seems like a lot of simmering, and especially because there's teams you weren't expecting to have winning records, sustaining it like at this point that could be buyers. Yeah, and people you thought would be buyers now are sellers. So hey, the Diamondbacks, you said it, Chase, beginning of the year. I had the Rangers, you had the Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Ro- Orioles, everyone had some teams. Yeah. I didn't expect Corbin Carroll to be popping off like he has, though. I mean, that's been pretty impressive. Yeah, he had like a 435-foot home run the other night, and his swing doesn't – like, it doesn't look like he should hit a ball that far. And it just – Yeah, he's such a smooth swing. Crazy. Like, it I was looks like, like it should go first row, maybe. Yeah. I was going to see the Rockies the other night. They – um. <laughs> brought in five or six infielders against Luis Arias in the 10th inning and then no. just promptly just dunked it over all their heads and won the game. <laughs> there was nobody in right field and he literally just hit it like a single to right field and no one was there. Wait, is that allowed with the shift? Yeah, you just have to have a certain number on the infield. Uh... Like on either side. Yeah. They should have was... won short fielder. That's what would have prevented that, maybe. Arise yeah. probably still would have hit it the other way. But it was just silly. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's a weird thing to do. That's hilarious. Also, I just saw the Rockies had four people get Tommy John this week. That makes that Chris Bryant deal just all the more weird <laughs> that they just traded Nolan Arenado to sign Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, and he like, I don't know what his stats are this year, but he sucked last year. I don't even know if he had a home run in course field last year. Nope. And really? He was no. bad. He was bad. And basically, for the price of his deal, the Phillies got Schwarber and Castellanos combined for what Chris Bryant got. I feel like Chris, did he, like, have more than, like, two good years? Was he good for a long time, or was it just a short stint and he got this contract? I don't know. I mean, I guess he was productive for a few years. It's just kind of like you have to be good every third year, and you can get a deal. 
He was actually okay last year, but he only played 160 at-bats. He had a 306 average with five home runs in 106 at-bats, and that's all he played. That's like a COVID year stat. This year, he's played a decent amount of games. He's hit 251, eight home runs, 23 RBIs. But he's also got a negative 0.5 war. So I don't know. His fielding must be atrocious. And the Rockies, it's not even like he has a good deal to trade. Like, what are they? I'm sure no one's interested in taking on any type of money on his deal. No, he's they were to trade him. He signed through 2028 with a seven year, $182 million deal. So. What the hell? What were the Rockies doing? I don't know. What is that? That's wild. But is there any other pieces like you think, maybe not teams, but like players like a Chris Bryant that could be on the move? I think the obvious ones like Lucas Giolito, like I mentioned last week, Mm -hmm. maybe some of those White Sox guys, weird relief, not weird, but relievers like a Royals, another Royals reliever, and guys who've been good for those teams that could could cash in. Did Aroldis Ch- am I behind the eight ball? Did Aroldis Chapman get traded yet? Yeah, Rangers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Wow. I saw the Pirates might listen to offers on Bednar and Mitch Keller, which is kind of interesting. Huh. What about McCutcheon? They could easily flip him too. Yeah, he wasn't listed, but I'm sure they'll listen if it's a good deal. Well, and as we uh, wrap up baseball a little bit here, I saw this crazy fact, and I just wanted to mention it to you guys and just see if you thought it was as crazy as I thought it was. You guys ready? Yes. All right. So Major League Baseball has been around for 147 years. All right. There have been a little over 23,000 players who have played a professional baseball game. So to put that in perspective, the MLB's smallest stadium by capacity is Progressive Field with 37,830. So that means if every player who's ever put on a big league uniform from 1876 to 2023 sat in the stands, the stadium would only be 61% at capacity. That is insane they don't they play so many games how have there not been more i mean like the nfl and the nba there's more injuries but they play less games i mean i guess it's a lot but it seems like it should be more for some reason yeah i wonder if like more of those numbers are people who just get called up one time yeah and then there's an there's an article here from npr from 2021 that jose Godoy was the 20,000th MLB player. Oh, I think I remember reading the story about that. Though. Oh, yeah, so that's accurate. Though. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay. That's well, still yeah. nutty, though. What the hell? Oh, you know, this stat is nuts. I don't know why we didn't believe it for a second. And also, I wanted to check it again, too. I was like, wait, that does sound actually kind of crazy. But And what's crazy is the average length of a career for an MLB player is five and a half years. That's long. So that makes sense. Like you get guys like, I mean, just think of how many players have. That is played. really long. You think about that's it. long. Yeah, football is like three, I think. Two and, probably. And people can use like the, people can use the injury element all they want to argue it, but I feel like it's because these guys get developed. I'm just gonna say, knowing that now, Walter Young got a bad rap. Yeah, <laughs> who is it, Ben? He's the first baseman. He was a first baseman for like the Orioles and the Pirates, but he only played for like a half a season and hit like almost 300 and then never got back up to the big. big oh, the again. huge yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, the huge guy. Yeah. But that's why I was like, wait, that's <laughs> so that guy is in a minority. Yeah, that's crazy. Usually, play. I mean, if that means that means if you're getting called up to play in the major leagues, that you're legit. That's what that means to me. Yeah. 
You're playing five and a half years. Only 23,000 players have played in almost 150 years. The MLB, granted, they have like six farm system teams per team, but they know what they're doing. Like these guys that are scouts and, you know, managers calling up who to call up at the right time, they're making right decisions. Besides like your weird pitchers who are out for seasons with Tommy John and stuff like that. I mean, that's crazy. But it's yeah. also cool because you get to learn players then. Yeah. Like you don't have these one-year wonders. You get the teams, whether you're good or not. Like the Phillies, we got Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins all in the infield for like 10 years together. Like just situations like that. I mean, when you're bad, maybe more trades. Every team has these players that you just get to love and you don't have to stress about them retiring early or something like that. You don't have to worry about like the Calvin Johnsons of the NFL or I don't even mm. know the Chandler Parsons of the NBA. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, bro. I'm salty. I didn't believe the stat at first. <laughs> That's a crazy stat. It, That's it insane. Is. It's like almost two. Yeah, I kind of thought there was more people that get called up like once and then shuttled down. But I guess it's really not that much in relative terms and i also wonder if covid wrecked that number because of how many like transactions had to take place Might have. like if it just like because when did what was he was the twenty thousandth player was what year 21 so there could have been a, i mean you oh, have I to check yeah, by the numbers that. you have to dive in but yeah the jump probably yeah. was yeah that was wild that year with i mean they only played like 60 games or whatever yeah but even 2021, I guess there was still like, you could still miss games for COVID in 2021. Yeah, we'd have I to think. look at like an average of like new players per game and like see where that's at. Yeah, somebody probably has it. Popping. That's just at average MLB players playing five and a half years. If you're good enough to make it to the majors, you have a good shot yeah. of playing for half a decade. Yeah. Well, and also like how many people do we talk about on our starting lineups that had really long career, like 15 year careers and stuff like that. Like, I think most of my guys went super long. Dude, Hal McCray played 19 years and I barely knew of him before we like looked up the podcast. Yeah. Like, like we started doing this on the podcast. Like, this especially because is... we were looking at the Jaws rankings and all those guys yeah. had at least 10 year careers at and minimum. And that's what's cool about like baseball references. You can literally go on there and it'll be like random players. You can just click on any random player and be like, oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, they put the tiles up at the front page. Yeah. Like, like I literally pictures. like accidentally got to like Miles Straw's baseball reference page the other day, who's been the center field center fielder for the Indians for, for the Guardians for the last like four years. And he literally has five career home runs, doesn't have any home runs this year, had like two last year. But it's because he's such a good like fielder he's still been in the lineup like every day for both those years and the dude hit like he's hitting so far like 241 with no home runs this year but he's been in the lineup every day that's crazy i wonder yeah i mean there's different factors like i wonder if the dh helps it or hurts it because i guess it probably it probably hurts it because you have like less pinch hitters and stuff like that but this is dude baseball is so underrated i'm salty that I mean, I love the NBA is still my number one, but just like sometimes I watch like the games don't mean as much because there's so many, but it's just like such a cool sport. And to know that you can actually build like a foundation and yeah, I mean, every position we looked at, you could go to like the top 50 guys in that position and they're all were deserving. 
<laughs> I wonder if it's be, like more people switch from shortstop to different positions. Yeah, it does you do see that a lot too? That's like guys who called up and then they get to shortstop and the range maybe isn't what they thought it was. So they go to third base. Like even Ripken and Rod, like A Rod, they both I think started shortstop and then eventually transitioned to third base. I just looked up the NBA just for fun. How many players have played all time? This is a great spot. Only four thousand seven hundred. I mean, they have they have like half the seasons of the MLB, half the games, and like a third of the players. But that's still like I would have said over ten thousand. Kids, if you play baseball, stick with it because that that's the way to go. Yeah. Good luck getting into the NBA. (laughs) Speaking of the NBA, Chase, we watched that money documentary last week. Yeah, we finally got to see it. Everything is it everything about the chip? Yeah. Yeah, everything about the chip, about the 2001 Sixers. Obviously, we brought up a few times on the show how they won almost all the awards that year, except the one that matters the most, the championship. And it was interesting to get a behind-the-scenes look at Larry Brown and AI's relationship. Obviously, you knew it was strenuous from the outside and obviously contentious, and AI had a lot of growing up, and Larry Brown had to be able to connect with that. So it was interesting to see how they learned to play with each other and all the drama that happened because when that was going on, I was, um, you know, a real youngster, not even listening to sports radio at that point, not even really watching the news or anything about it, just knowing AI and that's all. But so it was interesting to get a lot more context. I don't know about, how about you, Ryan? Yeah. And well, first of all, I just want to say if social media was around back then, there's no way they would have made the run they did. Yeah. There's no way the controversy between Allen Iverson and Larry Brown one of like the greatest coaches of the generation and Allen Iverson is one of the greatest players of that generation. And you smash them together, completely opposite mindsets. And what would the crazy part about me was when their president took them into the room, three of them, him, Larry Brown and Allen Iverson, and basically just sat them both down and let them curse each other out. And eventually get to the point where they're like cool again and they're like ready to work. But yeah, like you touched on, AI won MVP, Aaron McKee won sixth man of the year, Dikembe Matumbo, who they traded for halfway through their year because their center got hurt, broke his wrist, traded for Dikembe Matumbo. Um, I know that was a big trade at the time too. He ended up winning defensive player of the year and obviously Larry Brown won coach of the year. And they have this just ultimate season and the craziest part is chase if they ran into anyone else besides that lakers that was probably the best lakers team since 2000 that we've seen pure domination the one (laughs) game where ai completely carries a team and they get the hardcore game one win in ot i mean we talked about the nuggets this year having all that rest the lakers swept everyone going to the finals had a bunch of rest Sixers were all beat up. I think I forget who it was, Chase, that was playing on a broken ankle, but just that story is awesome. It fits Philly personally. Like it's like a perfect Philly season, but I'm sure that season the fans were letting him hear it the whole way through. But now it's looked back at like one of the greatest. I mean, it's their best season since since the 80s. So yeah, it's just wild that they stuck it out for that. 
Yeah. And how AI, like the trade demands and they were maybe shopping him and a trade was going to possibly go through. And then it, it doesn't because of a player option. And it's just really insane. And also the fact that AI really needed Larry Brown and Larry Brown needed AI. Like they hated each other at some points, but it was almost like they were the best for each other in a way. Like it was a really rocky and abrasive relationship, but without those two, I don't think they get as far as they do. And, you know, maybe that's why they had to break it up in the end, but still just amazing to see the electricity that AI would bring into the court and what he played with. And like, he always says, you can, you can blame him for practice, but he, on the court, he never left anything. Like he never questioned it. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's hard because every player is different. No, not every player can practice like, kobe did you know what i mean like everyone just has their own game else it wouldn't be a professional sport and two things ben that we were like crazy was the one that ai literally wanted to play 48 minutes every game and he'd get pissed anytime he got subbed out early on his career oh my gosh yeah and the other one larry brown the whole way yep the whole entire time he's on the bench yes and the fact that, like Chase said, he legitimately didn't care about practicing. I mean, he was just straight raw talent. It's one of those things, like, if he did put in the work, I mean, he regrets it. He says he does. But it's just wild to have, like, those two sides. But, Chase, my favorite thing, and this is why I love AI even more now, is though all those trade rumors are going down, it's a whole mess. The head coach hates AI. No one's getting along. What happens today's NBA? Kyrie sits. Harden sits. KD sits. Everyone just sits. AI literally went out there and was like, I'm going to show you guys why you should never, ever trade me ever. And he just pops off and wins MVP. Just carries them to the number one overall seed. Like, you don't see that kind of, like, everyone just gets salty nowadays (laughs) and just like, I'm going to sit now until you trade me. No. He pulled a Jimmy (laughs) Butler. Yeah, he literally pulled the Jimmy Butler. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's kind of like the BJ Penn of basketball because BJ Penn never, ever, ever wanted to train. He just wanted to always fight. He didn't care. He would sign up for a fight today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and he wouldn't train at all. Oh, my gosh. And the octagon, he was easily the best for a long stretch of his career and then obviously fell off because he never trained. But oh my gosh. still, that's what like AI and him almost have a similar trajectory. It's like, man, they could have had so much more. And then you mentioned the practice thing and like preparation, like not everyone's the same when they do that. And that is actually, I was listening to a podcast, Barry Bonds was on it and he doesn't speak much in public. So it was interesting to hear because he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that stuff much. And it was on the podcast. It was, um, it's CC Sabathia and someone else who does the podcast. It's their podcast. It's pretty interesting if you ever want to listen. Yeah, I'm about to check that out. But he, um, he's basically saying he always napped before games while everyone else like taking BP and stuff because he had a routine of like working out, eating, and sleeping because he wanted to have the most possible energy and focus for the game itself, and that was like always what worked best for him. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, AI's that wasn't really AI's mindset probably as much because he was no, out partying that before. But that's a good. Not everyone's going to be the same and you can hate on guys who don't have as much drive as other players, but someone's always going to have more drive than someone else. But it's like the same thing with social media. You said like, if they like 
posted pictures of Barry Bonds napping on like Twitter. Oh my like, gosh. An hour yeah. before game while yeah. everyone else is like hitting. Like it's the same thing. He would have got wrecked. Yeah, he would have. Uh, oh my gosh. And it's also like I think the guys who really have good technique and form and uh, practice a lot can have a longer career because as their speed fades, they're not relying on that to be the factor that changes both like, oh, I practiced and I didn't practice. Because you can tell that's like guys who flame out early. It's like, okay, all they were relying on is like their athleticism, whereas like a skill and practicing it can maybe last a little bit longer once that's gone. Everyone should go check out everything but the chip. It was only like an hour, hour and a half long, really quick watch. It'd be cool to dive into, I don't know, AI's career as a six-year as a whole. But, yeah. I mean, that was obviously the peak. And, I mean, they had they have Shaq in it, and, and Shaq said um, how after they lost game one, basically they were all salty in there, and Phil Jackson screamed at them all just to shut up and listen, and they were listening to, like, the Sixers celebrate over there. And Shaq's, and Shaq was like, it motivated us to win. Bro, you had the better team. You're going to win no matter what. I'm hyped that the Sixers celebrated that game one win because they stuffed them from their 15 and 0 playoff run. And they're and Shaq's probably still salty about it. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, they didn't go out without a fight. At least you can say that. Like they went into LA and punched them in the face and you know, started a street fight. And that's such a Philly move. It's almost like the Rocky story. Like Rocky won, he gets in the fight, but he loses at the end. So I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole story in one season. Has anyone ever gone through the playoffs undefeated in the NBA? Do you, do you guys? I don't know. know. I don't think. I don't think so. Like not for the whole season or anything, obviously. No, like, but I think that was why it was so important because I think the Lakers were probably the closest yeah. to it. Okay. Because especially now, you think I don't. I don't even know. It's almost so rare that people get swept. The sixteen and seventeen Warriors went sixteen and one. The Obviously, the 2000-2001 Lakers went 15-1 because there was the uh, round one was. So it's nobody yet. Okay. But I, I just got two quick current events for you guys. You ready? Ready for this? I'm just kind of react. Random? Random? What, what we got? Yeah, random. Random current events? Yeah. Random sports current events. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're sports related. Okay, I didn't know if it was going to be like whales eating other whales or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or Shark Week. <laughs> So what do you think? So Killian Mbappe got offered a one-year deal from Halal, Saudi Arabia, which would be $776 million for one season, plus I think a $332 was million dollar transfer fee to PSG. That would be $64 million a month, $14.7 million a week, and $2.1 a day. To play one season for in a one season in a garbage soccer league. To put that into perspective, LeBron James has earned a total of five hundred thirty million throughout his whole career, just in, like from the from his teams. The Coyotes are worth four hundred fifty million as the franchise. It, it's like an offer you almost can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you literally can't refuse it. It's one year. I was just saying, I saw somebody also compare this as like, it would be like when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami in his prime. Like, that's the kind of like similar thing with Mbappe. Except right LeBron now. would leave Cleveland to go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he would probably justify it somehow. Dude, I'm honestly... honestly so it, 
if like the Saudi started a pro basketball league, and <laughs> I don't know the next four months, I think that's what we get a huge offer. Dude, that's what I'm saying. If they actually formed a league, they could. They could like you could see an NBA guy just like like not a not an amazing one, but I could see somebody like Rudy Gobert getting like 200 million playing there. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Somebody outrageous. Yeah, that would actually that's actually sketchy. I hope. This isn't like the Saudis' plan is they're just gonna make pro leagues and then have to force these like other already established leagues to merge with them. That would be a sketchy way to take over the world. That would be a super sus way to take over the world. Jason, that was deep. Hold on. I just scared myself thinking about it. Gosh. Can you imagine the NFL having to merge with a Saudi NFL? That would be so bonds. You the travel just, schedule would be so ass. I'm just like, you might, you might be on to something because my, what I was about to say is they make, they have so much money, right? They're, they have money to burn. Like they could burn, they could burn money. They can throw it away. They can do whatever they want. Cause they have a ridiculous amount of dumb oil money that pisses everyone else off because they don't do good with the money. They spend it on dumb stuff. Why make, why have all these leagues with these best players that still no one's going to travel to Saudi Arabia to watch? Why? Dude, we're why? not going to be able to go to Saudi Arabia after this podcast. Oh, yeah, we're blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. I'm blacklisted from China and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but the craziest thing is why would they do this? And Chase, you gave a valid reason. They literally combined with the world's best golf is played everywhere in the world. And yeah. now the PGA combined with Saudi Arabia. I just, I mean, the thing with that is I don't think that they're going to be able to get, like, like NFL, I don't think they're going to be able to get teams, like, down there. Like, I just don't yeah. think that happen. Are like you sure? Basketball, I think basketball is probably, like, the most likely if there's they too, did try something. There's too many people. Like, there's too many guys on NFL. Like, I just don't think. But Are you sure? Yeah, I feel more confident about that. Because, But, like. Wait, time out, time out. Right now, Tom Brady gets offered a deal. Is he going? For millions of dollars, a bunch what, what's of he, where's he gonna play? What's he gonna do? A bunch of stars, they don't have a, they don't have a bunch of like mid to late 30s, early 40s NFL guys that aren't good enough in the NFL right now. All get buku bucks. But golf, it's like you already have golf courses, make them nicer. You just literally offer the money for the players and they come. That's Bam. it. Yeah. Like that's it. The, the NFL, like Bam. football, it'd be a whole nother infrastructure situation, teams. Bam. Ben, the NFL used to share stadiums with baseball stadiums. I think they can make it work. I don't even think there's baseball stadiums in Saudi Arabia. Well, they'll build there's them. soccer stadiums. There's soccer stadiums. How much are they paying Kylian Mbappe? They're offering him literally. I think they can build some football stadiums. It's a big country. This is a few people they've gone the billion dollar route with, and they might get turned yeah. out because I'm pretty sure they offered Tiger like almost a billion before yeah. the merger. Messi, they've offered close to yeah. That's crazy. And I just it, don't it, think it's at least imminent with that stuff. Maybe. No. I don't know. Are they going to run out of money? No. 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 Ever? It, it's just also crazy because golf is probably was, I feel like golf was the hardest one to take down. Like outside That's of what I'm saying. Like outside like, of the four majors, golf was probably the hardest league to get because baseball would also, also be extremely hard. I think they took out a league that no one ever thought could go away. Like soccer, there's so many leagues that people follow. Like the MLS has a following, the Premier Mm -hmm. League, the Bundesliga. Like there's probably five soccer leagues. 
So to, like, it's not just one where there's the PGA, but like tennis, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Tennis could easily get taken over by the Saudis. So the just um, we're not going to get into too much detail, but basically the Saudi royal family who's in charge of basically they are worth five more times. They're worth five times more than Elon Musk and Bill Gates combines net worth. I believe it. All right, current event number two. Let's get it. It better not be as instant in- reaction. Don't make Naheem me mad. Hines out for the year. Sorry, oh, yeah. Naheem Hines. Oh, the running back for the Colts. Yeah. Wasn't he in a water or a jet oh, ski yeah, incident? He got, a, he got hit by a jet ski. He got yeah, hit, hit by, by a jet ski. ski. After being hit off. on a no, I'm sorry. After being hit on a jet ski. He oh, was on a jet ski God. and got hit. Oh, I did not read that part. I just saw the headline that he was on a jet ski. I didn't realize he got hit. Oh my no, god! He was, he was just sitting on the jet ski, not moving, and it and somebody hit him. Hit him. Yeah. I hope so he needs- beat that person up. I hope he savagely beat that person up. Yeah. So yeah, he's out for the year, and he needs knee surgery now, which is not great for a running back. So so thoughts up to Naheem considering Hines. the season is like about to kick off. But he would have been out. a big weapon for the Bills this year. Yeah. Oh, did he sign with the Bills? Yeah, he would have been a good weapon for him. I was about yeah. to say, if that was the Colts, the Colts are literally the Chicago White Sox of football. No, no, I think- he actually got traded there last year at the deadline. Traded. Yeah, he got traded from the Colts too. Because they traded think- Zach Moss back. So yeah, he was a good piece for them. He's a solid and he's a returner. Actually, yeah. he had kickoff returns for the Bills. I think he had two or three. Oh my that? gosh. Yeah, we're way off. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since football ended. Yeah. Feels That's like crazy. two years ago. <laughs> we'll have to. We're coming up next, probably like three, four weeks. Get a uh, you know little football NFL preview. We're getting closer. Yeah. Also, speaking of irrelevant things, I feel like the NFL trade deadline's irrelevant. They're like trying to make it like the mm-hmm. NBA and MLB, and it's just not. Baseball trade deadline's the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I Nothing think there's you get more impact from it for some reason. I don't know. Football just seems harder. It's sketchy. You don't want to, like, if you trade for, you're not going to trade for someone who's, like, going to come off the end of your list or something. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. I actually wonder statistically who's the most active teams at the deadline. I feel like the Ravens have always made deals, but not at the deadline. Like, they always make deals leading up to the deadline. Like, that's how they got Roquan Smith last year. I did see that Zay Flowers apparently has looked like the best wide receiver by far on that team, according to some people. Yeah, I, I'll take it. That's good to hear. Zay Especially, Roses. Well, they have like James Jones, who was around or something. He was like that dude is number one wide receiver on that team, like not even close. And that's with Odell and like yeah, yeah. And Bateman is just came off the pup. So that I'm might be sure. exciting though. You guys might have something there. Okay, so I hope so. Flowers. I'm and especially because we have a new offensive coordinator who's gonna be able to give Lamar. The ability to change plays on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So MVP or maybe. I hope so. Better be for $200 million. He better be an MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I could find yeah. 200 million reasons why. Uh, well, on that note, I think uh, wrapping up this podcast, another great one. Episode 25 coming to an end here. And man, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride. Yeah, all-time starting nine, wrapped up complete. I mean, Women's World Cup's going on right now. Shout out to the U.S. They're 3-0 when it gets Vietnam, so just had to throw them in there. We'll touch on you. We'll touch on that. I'm not we'll going to say we'll touch. Have to, it sounds we'll have creepy. to squeeze them in, but ultimately a packed show, a lot of fun. 
and even got to throw some shade on the Saudis. It's always a good time. Real quick, who's your favorite player to wear number 25? Anyone? Anyone come to mind? Is McGuire 25? I think so. Is it way to double check that? I don't know if he's my favorite. I just, that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, just or anyone that comes to mind that wears 25. I feel like that's the only one I could think of. Did, did anyone know if he did? I can look real quick. Is it Barry Bonds? I don't know. You can't. <laughs> I'm going Richard Sherman with mine. I quickly did some research. <laughs> like we're doing football. Nice. Oh, is it anybody? <laughs> anybody. Oh. Anybody who wears 25. Oh. Hopefully, not ben Barry Simmons. Bonds wore 25. <laughs> oh, me. Is that your pick? Barry Bonds. I'm going to go Jim Tomey just because he came off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure oh, he was 25. Oh, Chase, you thought of that. I've right always there. been bad with numbers. Okay. <laughs> ben says Vince Carter, but he was on like 30 teams. Was he always number 25? <laughs> I'm going to ask you this every every time we end the podcast now. Who's your favorite number? Oh, episode? Well, Mark McGuire was 25, though. Okay. Oh, he so was 25? I'm happy All I guess right. I got that without looking. That was money you got that. Yeah. I just literally can get I got I got Ben Simmons block. Oh yeah, I know. Ooh. I thought about it and it feels gross. It's like thinking Ooh. of a I just got stuck. That's tough. But yeah, we hope you guys all enjoy this. Um we'll have to do a all-time team of next sport. So we'll we'll talk about that behind the scenes and kind of see what we decide as far as our next uh AFR all-time team. Can't or let us it. know what you want. Yeah, let us know what you want. Maybe we could do a poll to see what you guys want, and then that's what we pick. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, another episode in the books. We hope you guys enjoyed. Remember, like us, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple, all the stuff. YouTube as well now. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys soon.